into Hebrews chapter number 12 and uh, run in our race, focused uh, on running. I've been invited. I remember even at, at youth camp, uh, every, every year at youth camp, they'd have a 3K race. They'd get up really early in the morning, and, and I was always there in support of those who were running, but I never would run uh, the race myself. Uh, again, have I, have I guys, if I told you guys I don't like running, I've told you that. All right. And, uh, and so, uh, but here's the thing. Uh, when it comes to our Christian life, uh, if you're here today and you're born again, you're saved by the blood of Christ, you are in a race and you're running a race. And the Bible, uh, in several places, attributes our Christian life uh, to that of wrestling or running a race. It's, a, it's, a, um, it's hard. It's, uh, there's some difficulty uh, involved in living the Christian life. Uh, I don't know how it is, but some people think that if once they get saved, that their life's everything uh, is going to get taken care of, and Jesus is going to fix every one of their problems. Uh, but that's uh, and, he, and he he will. I mean, he will uh, help you and guide you and uh, take care of things. But there's no promise in the Bible uh, that when you get saved, uh, that you're never going to have a problem. In fact, uh, there's a, a real. Um, I guess, side to our Christian life to, to know that we're entering into a struggle. God says that uh, we should expect uh, things, uh, fiery trials, trials. We shouldn't think they're strange uh, when they come. Uh, we have battles to fight, giants to, uh, to, to fight, uh, as we've indicated uh, in messages uh, leading up to today. Uh, so we are in a race. Uh, probably if I have a hobby horse uh, in preaching, uh, it is reminding Christians uh, that God is real, that heaven is real, hell is real, uh, that you've been saved for a purpose. You are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus, but we have way too many spectators in churches today. Uh, people who are saved, they have punched their ticket, if you will. They're, uh, they're going to heaven, they're saved by grace uh, through faith, uh, but they just live their Christian life uh, on the sidelines. Uh, they, they are not involved in. If you're, if you're saved today, He's given you a home in heaven, uh, but He's also saved you, equipped you to serve Him. He's gifted you. Uh, he has placed you in a local church, a body fitly joined together for a specific reason. You have a function uh, in the local church body. Uh, you've not been saved just to sit idly by. There may be some of you who think, well, I've put in my time or, uh, or I'm older or whatever. Uh, and there's, there's, there's no precedent in the Bible. There's no place in the Bible where you ever retire from Christian service, where you, uh, where you just let the, the young folks uh, do it. Uh, in fact, the opposite is true. Uh, there's much more involvement in the sense of teaching uh, the younger uh, to, to serve and to do it, to, to show your example uh, and uh, to them. And so there's never a time uh, when we get saved and then after uh, where we're just supposed to be spectators uh, in the Lord's work. So the sports analogies and whatnot are in the Bible for us to help us to encourage us. And so is this passage in chapter number 12 of the book of Hebrews. I believe Paul's the author under inspiration of Scripture, the book of Hebrews, uh, and he's dealing with a, a group of people who are saved by grace but have been steeped in religion. Uh, and already at this time in church history, false doctrine had come in. Uh, there had been uh, people who had, uh, had gone away from the truth. Uh, they are uh, believing in things that they shouldn't. Uh, and the, the New Testament church is under attack, and it's never stopped being under attack. Uh, all the way through uh, church history, uh, that is so. And we have for us in chapter number 11, 
a bunch of examples that God gives us. Now, we know the just shall live by faith. In fact, a line from Hebrews was, was quoted in the wedding yesterday as we're reminded that Ian had learned a bunch of Christian pickup lines. And the one, I think the one went like, is your name Faith? Uh, is that how it started? It's your name, Faith, uh, because you're the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so, uh, just as you thought, they're corny pickup lines. But, uh, but uh, that was uh, a reminder, uh, as I've been preparing for this message, uh, of the beginning part of Hebrews chapter 11, uh, number 11. So we know the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So we're to add to faith, virtue, knowledge, etc. Faith is an integral part uh, of our life as a Christian. Faith is important. Uh, and as we uh, looked at scriptures that deal with having little faith uh, or unbelief uh, that creeps up into our life that is an affront to God as we question His veracity and His uh, his ability to bring us through difficulties or to, uh, to guide us, direct us, or to help us or provide for us. Uh, we are filled with unbelief. And, and, I, and I, as I've said in previous messages, I feel like the unbelief that is present in our life uh, is, is worse than uh, the vices and the things that, um, you know, you can, you can uh, commit a sin and ask God to forgive you any will. He says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Uh, but, but that unbelief that's in there, the back of our mind, uh, the question of God's word, the question of God's promises, uh, I think is something that, uh, that it just poisons us as Christians uh, and is really at the root, uh, I mean, pride at the root of our sin, uh, but unbelief at the root of most of what we can't seem to get victory over uh, or get help from uh, in the word of God. So Hebrews chapter 11, not to preach all of that, but we have many instances that God gives us uh, examples of faith, things that people did, but the emphasis laid not upon what they did, but on the faith that it took to do it. Uh, because uh, faith is that substance, the Bible says, of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we have uh, uh, an example of faith in Abel in verse number four, in chapter, or verse number five. We have Enoch, uh, chapter, or verse number seven, Noah, verse eight, uh, Abraham, and several times uh, we have the faith of Sarah. We talked about Abraham and Sarah and the, uh, the birth of a child uh, when they were uh, dead, uh, their bodies dead, if you will, uh, as the scriptures talk about that. But they uh, believed God, believed the promises of God. Verse number 17, we find again Abraham, uh, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, uh, accounting that God was able to raise him up from the dead. That's how we are too, as we mentioned Wednesday, count it all joy. Account it. Every trial and difficulty that we have in our life, uh, our response to it should be joy, thankfulness to God. But we get focused on the things or the circumstances and off of God and we lose our joy. Uh, and we have uh, unhappy lives and we are uh, sad all the time and discouraged and depressed and, uh, and just seem can't, we can't dig ourselves out of the hole. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac uh, blessed Jacob, uh, 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph in worship, leaning upon the top of his staff. We have Joseph, we have Moses several times, uh, and uh, Rahab the harlot, uh, as God looked at her faith. And so we have examples for us. God put them in the word of God so we can look at them and be encouraged by them because faith is something that we struggle with. We got faith to get to heaven, uh, but faith uh, that is wavering 
concerning other things in our life. Then you get to chapter number 12, and the Bible says, wherefore. So wherefore, because we have uh, this uh, group of people, uh, they are observing. And my first point today about running our race or being focused uh, on running uh, is the realization uh, that your walk with God is a public spectacle. It is a public spectacle. One of the things that drives me absolutely batty, and there are a lot of them, uh, but one of them uh, is when Christians say, uh, my, my walk with the Lord is none of your business. Uh, now, I know what they mean by that. What they mean is, leave me alone, I don't want to deal with it. Uh, that's what they really mean. But here's the thing. Um, when you got saved... Uh, and God sets you on that path, that course, that destiny. Uh, you are uh, to stand before God one day uh, at the judgment seat of Christ, and He judges your works, and whether they be good or bad, and, uh, and on and on and on. Uh, it was, you entered into something that's not just a private thing. Now, your personal walk with God is an important, important thing. But the race that you're running is a public spectacle. You say, how do you, how do you know that? Well, um, God sees it, for one. But the Bible says this, that we are compassed about, wherefore seen. When we realize and understand that we are compassed about by a cloud of witnesses, uh, it puts the pressure on. Now, if you've ever played sports, uh, and uh, let's say you were, um, you're, you know, you're shooting around uh, basketball, uh, you're in the gym, and in walks whatever your basketball hero was. When I was playing basketball uh, in high school, it was Michael Jordan. Uh, and in fact, I had Michael Jordan's number on my jersey. Uh, and, uh, and I played nothing like him, uh, but uh, I would try to <coughs> kind of channel in uh, number 23's uh, basketball acumen as I would play. Uh, but if I was shooting free throws, for example, and in walks Michael Jordan, and, uh, and I see him over there, I would immediately feel the pressure of the eyes of Michael Jordan as he watched me. And, and it probably it wouldn't matter if I sunk 10 out of 10. I would go over to Michael Jordan and I would probably apologize for my form because uh, I know I was doing probably something wrong and they were, the ball was going into the basket by chance or whatever. But you feel the pressure when somebody's watching you. Uh, if, uh, if, uh, if you were uh, cooking a meal and some celebrity chef walked into your kitchen, you'd apologize for your, your crummy knives uh, and, uh, and your pots and pans. And uh, I wish it was cleaner in here. If I knew you were coming, I would have cooked something different. Uh, and, uh, and they might taste it and say it's good, but you think I mean, all the pressure's on because somebody's watching. The Bible says that our race is run under the observation of God and uh, a cloud of witnesses. Now, you might not like living a pressure-filled Christian life, uh, but here's the thing. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, that isn't gonna, that's not going to change anything. You can have a personal walk with God uh, in a prayer closet, but when you step out of that prayer closet, you live your life for Jesus in front of God and a bunch of witnesses. Uh, the Bible says uh, as well uh, that, that the spirits uh, of just men made perfect view it. Uh, your fellow believers, your fellow church members in your local church, and by the way, uh, an ungodly, unsaved world uh, are spectators of the race that you're running. Now, um, there are many people who run races, marathons. Anybody in here a marathon runner? 
praise the Lord. Uh, I saw, sure enough, one of you is going to invite me to train with you or something uh, for some 5K somewhere. I just saw a bunch of people doing Disney runs and, uh, and just different stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know what's wrong with those people. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, but if you were to, to run, if the analogy, if we think about our life running a race as a Christian to running a marathon, when the eyes... Now, some of those people, as they begin, I mean, some of them are serious. They're, they're running this, and they've got plans, and, uh, and they are eating the right kinds of foods, and uh, they're, they're, you know, you're supposed to run uh, long distances and short ones, and, uh, and there, are, there are ways, apparently, uh, that you can, you, even you, even me, uh, can become a marathon runner. It's a lie. Uh, and, uh, but there, some people swear to it. You could go out and you can work towards all of that. And there are people who are, I mean, they're serious about it, but there are some people who show up Boston marathon, whatever marathon, Disney marathon, uh, and they're doing that and they have no intentions of winning. Uh, in fact, they have pretty much zero intentions of running. Uh, but here's what they're going to do. They're going to walk it. They're going to finish it. Now, Remember, the Apostle Paul said this. He says uh, that he had finished his course. Now, by the way, the Apostle Paul, I'm going to get to this in a second, that was his course. You have a course. Uh, and your course is not the same as the Apostle Paul's. Uh, but he finished his course. But, but I don't think for one second that Paul approached his Christian race uh, like somebody who's going to walk a marathon to get the T-shirt. That's not what he did. And we all know that. But there are some people that they're going to do it. Uh, but the Bible, and that's their intention. They don't intend to win. Uh, they're just going to walk through. Uh, while everybody is, uh, is eating their diet stuff, they're just packing away whatever, uh, and, and they have no concern. And, and, uh, and there, are, there are, you know, uh, when you show up to the Boston Marathon, it's like uh, all the Kenyans you see in the front line, they're going to win. Uh, and, uh, and the one who didn't prepare in the back who would be me, uh, I'm just not even going to, uh, you know, uh, start out. I remember uh, I had tested for uh, doing the PT test for uh, police departments uh, back in 2006. And, and I, had, I had trained a little bit, whatever, and push-ups, sit-ups and stuff. But, uh, but um, I don't like to run. I, t- I told you that. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, I started out, man, I was in front of, there was probably like 100 people running that thing. And I was like halfway around the track in front of everybody at the beginning. And I was walking it at the end. Uh, and, uh, and everybody, I still passed, uh, but I walked across the finish line. Um, that's not the spirit that God wants us to have. It's a spectacle, a public spectacle. People are watching. So if you can imagine somebody uh, who shows up to the Boston Marathon uh, in ESPN has got a camera in their mug in their face from beginning to end. Now, it would be a sad spectacle for me uh, uh, running uh, and walking, um, just, you know, uh, water, um, probably throwing up uh, over here. But, but this where everybody could see every step that you took for the entire however many miles a marathon is. Uh, everybody watching. That's the kind of pressure. Say, that's, not, that's a terrible thing because I've had, people, I've had preachers, I've had Christians. Uh, I just don't think Christianity uh, is, uh, should have that kind of pressure. Uh, but the bottom line is, the Bible says, uh, that we have examples of faith and that these people are watching us. Uh, we are to, uh, to let our light shine, are we not? People are supposed to see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. As much as you don't like it, people are watching you. 
So you have to realize that, uh, that uh, you know, I, 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 like, I like watching people uh, as, they, as they run. Uh, and uh, and uh, when I have run with other people and we, and we slow down, uh, and uh, you just you act like you're not tired. And you can't breathe, but, but you don't want to let them know that you can't breathe. So every, your fate, you're, you're making sure uh, your body language, whatever. I mean, they, you're, not, you're not kidding anybody. Everybody knows that you're tired, but you're just putting on a show. Uh, and uh, and uh, people see uh, how, uh, how not in race shape you are. Here's what I believe. 99.9% of Christians in independent Fundamental Baptist church, any kind of church, uh, most people, uh, are, are, they're, they're not in race shape. Uh, they have let themselves go. They have let themselves go spiritually. They're not in their Bibles. They're not praying. Uh, they're not active in service. They're just, uh, they just, they show up to church and they just go home. Uh, they're, they're running the Christian race because they've been set in it by God, uh, but they're not running it like they should. They're just dialing it in. They're just walking. Now you look good. You got the headband on and the number and the thing and the wristbands and whatever and your fancy shoes and uh, and uh, boy you got and you look good. You got your King James Bible under your arm and uh, your suit and tie on whatever. And but you look like you're a serious runner, but you're just not. The gun the gun goes off uh, and you just you know I, I kind of look at Christians running the like like you've got a bear claw uh, in your hand uh, as you are as you are running your race. You can't, we can't even stop for a second and put down and even act like we like fruit or, or, or whatever. Uh, we're just, we are not in race shape. We have let ourselves go. And people see that. People who are watching, they know that we're not serious. I, I know a serious runner when I, the serious runner is at the light and they're just still running. They don't even want to stop for a second uh, to rest. Uh, they've got, uh, I don't know, there's, they say there's a thing called a runner's high. I've never, I've never felt it. Uh, and uh, and uh, boy, you just get to that spot where you just, you, you tell your body, no, no, and go, go. Uh, and then all of a sudden endorphins kick in and you can, and you can run like, like Forrest Gump uh, and uh, all the way across the thing. I've never felt that. Anybody ever experienced that? A couple of you? All right. Uh, write it down on a piece of paper. Explain it to me uh, and uh, what it felt like uh, when you had that. Your race is a public spectacle. Don't tell. Here's what, you, here's what sounds silly. When, you tell, when somebody says to you, you know, you ought, not, you, know, you ought not do that. Mind your own business. Because, because your race isn't a private thing. It is a public thing for people to see. And it's been designed to be that way uh, so, that God, so that people can see God working in you and through you uh, and glorify him, and so that people will say this, uh, you know, you might be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. And that is a true statement. Somebody is watching you, somebody at work, somebody on your block, uh, and, uh, and all of that. Uh, the other day, uh, <coughs> I had uh, gone out to get the mail, and I noticed on the ground it had been raining, uh, and uh, there was an envelope on the ground. It was soaking wet upside down. I picked it up and walked into the house with my mail, thinking I had dropped something. But it was somebody else in our, in our neighborhood that had dropped their vehicle registration uh, and uh, their tabs. Uh, it was from uh, Easy License or whatever it is. Uh, and, and that's what it was. And so uh, I had, uh, I'd never met them. 
So I, I, I said, no, I, I'm going to go down there and deliver this. It happened several times this last week with different thing packages. And, and, uh, and so uh, <coughs> I went down, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, uh, found the house. It was late, knocked on the door. Of course, that freaks everybody out. It's dark. And, and, uh, and a couple of little uh, kids come up as an Asian family. I believe they were a Chinese family and, uh, and uh, come to the door. And, uh, and uh, the guy's like, you know, looking through at first, didn't know what to do, and uh, opens the door. Uh, and I said, hey, I said, I found this on the ground. I thought you might need it. It looks like you're, you know, whatever. And he goes, he goes, you know what? I was looking for that. Thank you so much. And, uh, and I had never met him before. But he knew all about me. <laughs> he, knew, he knew where I lived. He knew I was a pastor uh, and, uh, and et cetera. People are watching you. You don't think they are, but you live your life as a public spectacle, a race uh, where, where, the, where the camera's on you uh, and uh, at every single moment uh, where, where, where people are observing your life, it is a public spectacle. Number two, your race is providentially set before you. It is providentially set before you. Here's what I mean by that. The Bible says in chapter number 12, and let's read it again, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with, uh, let us run with patience the race that is set before you. See, we'll, we'll say things like this. Uh, God has a purpose for your life, and it's true. Um, God has a plan for your life. It's true. Scriptures teach us that we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The Bible says before foundation of the world. So before God formed you in the belly, He knew you, He had a purpose, and He had a plan for your life. We believe in what's called the sovereignty of God. God is an all-knowing God. He's omniscient. Uh, we also believe that uh, we make choices right and wrong, good and bad, uh, and there are consequences for those choices, uh, but we are very careful not to attribute to God the poor choices that we make uh, and say, well, I guess that's the Lord's will, about, and, and we can get all, all kind of crazy uh, with all of that. But here's the thing. God does have a purpose, and God does have a plan, and you have a race that has been set before you. It has been pathed out, uh, and uh, there's a course so if you can think of a marathon, you know, what happens if you are running a marathon and you decide, uh, you know, the course goes this way, but it would be a whole lot quicker if you just went this way? And, uh, and so there have been people like in marathons and stuff to like get in a cab uh, and then they like uh, drive over and then get out <laughs> and go through, the, go through the line like they did something big and they've been caught, busted. It's against the rules to not run the course. But you have a course that's been set before you. By the way, and it's not, and when I said earlier, uh, we all have different, uh, different purposes. Uh, your course, Paul says, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith. His course was different than my course. His court, my course is different than your course. Do you follow me? But God does give us a purpose and a plan, uh, and, it's pro- and he has that for us. And for us to do anything but take that seriously uh, is, uh, is an affront to uh, our loving Heavenly Father. Um, to not want what God has for us, and that's with the spirit of, of not being thankful for the trials and the difficulties that God gives us, that we don't count it all joy uh, when, when these trials and temptations come our way. Uh, when we say to God, uh, like the, the clay to uh, the potter, that why made me uh, thus? Uh, we're not supposed to do that. We know that in our head, but we do it every single day. You don't like 
the lot that, gave, uh, that God gave you. Uh, you. You're discontented with, uh, with your job and you're discontented with, uh, with, your, with your body and you're discontented with everything. Uh, and it's like what we're, we're saying to God, uh, God, you've made a mistake somehow in the way that you've made me or this plan that you've put me on. And, uh, and then we begin to question God and why would he do that? And obviously he wouldn't if he's a God of love. And, and, so, and then pretty soon we might find ourselves completely derailed out of the will of God, uh, because we're trying to figure everything out. Um, God has a plan for me. And by the way, that plan for me involved some very negative things that have taken place in my life, where I've been, as I mentioned Wednesday, the victim of this or whatever. God's used all those things to form and shape me. Uh, I can't ever go to God and say, God, why did you let that happen to me? Because his ways are higher than my ways. I just don't, I don't know them. Uh, so if I uh, question God, um, I just, I, I'm trying not to have that practice in my life. That it's, my race is a public spectacle. Uh, it, is a, it is providentially set before me. And then lastly and quickly, uh, your race, my race is a personal struggle. The Bible says that we've been compassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. Then it says this, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run. Now, the idea, obviously, uh, as a runner, <coughs> there are, um, if you're not just a recreational runner, I mean, if you're a serious, like, you want to win the Boston Marathon runner, uh, you are, um, you're not overweight. Uh, you have on certain kinds of clothes or lack thereof, uh, and uh, certain kind of shoes. You just don't, you just don't go down to, uh, to you know, uh, the, the bargain shelf at Dick's Sporting Goods and just pick whatever it is. I mean, you got, you got the certain kind of shoes, the certain kind of clothes with a certain kind of fabric, that, uh, uh, and on and on and on. I mean, there's just a lot of things involved in, uh, in running, in time, and uh, in, in trying to shave off some things, a seriousness uh, about that. But, uh, but the idea is to not have anything that is going to hinder you in running that race. Uh, you're not going to run with an umbrella because it's going to slow you down. Uh, you're not going to, uh, to uh, run uh, on, you know, uh, a bunch of uh, carbs or whatever. Uh, I know they, lo- they carb load before that, but there's certain kinds of things that they carb load on. You're just not going to go and like, you know, eat a prime rib, you know, a 72 ounce prime rib the day before you run the marathon. Not if you're serious. Now, I might do that. Uh, and, uh, uh, but not if you're a serious runner. It's, it's setting off weights. Now here's a, I'm going to blow your mind. This is deep. Are you ready? Uh, every sin is a weight, but not every weight is a sin. Every sin is a weight, but not every weight uh, is uh, a sin. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and I want, that, you want you to realize that because this is where we've got to start asking ourselves the real hard questions about when, if, we're not in race, if we're not in race shape. And, and by the way, you're in it. And uh, the Bible says this uh, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Let's turn there just real fast, real fast. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, in verse number 24, the Bible says this. <laughs> Excuse me. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? And notice what it says. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. 
Now they that do it, do it for an incorruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as certainly, so fight I, not as one that beats there, but I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest by any means when I preach to others, I myself might be a castaway. Uh, if, you, if, if you don't get anything else out of this message, understand this, that you're in a race, God has set you on it, it's providentially set before you. You have no, uh, you can't like, you know, I don't want to be in it. Uh, I'm not a runner, spiritually speaking. Uh, I, this is not my thing. Uh, you are in the race, whether you like it or not, and everybody's watching. Heaven is watching. Uh, other believers are watching. Uh, sinners are watching. Uh, your neighbors are watching. You don't know that they are. They don't even, you don't even know that they know who you are, uh, but they're watching you. And so the Bible teaches us that we're all in a race, uh, and, uh, and, and everyone who is in a race uh, runs to receive a prize. He said, so run that you may obtain. Uh, you've heard the expression, are you in it to win it? Uh, and that's where you should be for your Christianity. You're in the race, but you're, gonna, you're in it to win it. You're running so that you may obtain. You're not walking uh, the thing out so that you can get a t-shirt in the end. You need to be in race shape. You're in it, and so you might as well just buy into the fact that you are uh, and get some things right. And the Bible says to set aside uh, every weight and every sin. So there are two different things that are listed there, weights uh, and sin. So this is where we're moving uh, now in the message, uh, not only to actively battle sin. There are, we could go through a list of things that are sins. Obviously, if, <clears throat> let's take, if you're a runner, a marathon runner, it's probably not good that you have a three-pack-a-day cigarette habit. Uh, that's going to hinder your ability uh, to, to, to breathe and, <clears throat> and to, uh, you know, you, you, there's things that you should not eat or partake of or whatever, uh, and, uh, and we can go into all of the ins and outs of whether those things are sins uh, or not. I believe that they are, especially if you're saved uh, and your body uh, is the temple of the Holy Spirit, et cetera, et cetera. But it's these weights. And here's what I want you to do today for this morning's message. From verse number one, laying aside every weight and every sin. Uh, is, if, you have a, if you have a sin in your life that is hindering your personal walk with God and your public race uh, that you're running, uh, the first thing that you ought to do when we have the invitation time is get on your knees before God and confess that to Him and say, God, I'm sorry. Uh, I, can't, I can't run the race to obtain uh, because I have this going on or that. Uh, I've got this sin, uh, a besetting sin. Uh, or uh, uh, something that is egregious, uh, you're violating God's word and you're sinning against Him, uh, and you know you can't possibly uh, run to obtain uh, when you've got that sin. But what about those weights? Uh, I think each and every Christian ought to take stock of the opportunities uh, that have been availed to them in their life. Um, I think you ought to think about your relationships. I think you ought to <coughs> consider uh, the investments of time and other resources that you put into things. Uh, all, all those questions uh, of, of, about things that aren't necessarily sinful. Now, let me illustrate this way. <clears throat> God says this. He says, now remember, uh, every sin is a weight. Not every weight is a sin. Um, the Bible says if a man doesn't work and provide for his family, paraphrasing, he's worse than an infidel. If you don't work, you don't eat. I think to be a responsible Christian, you ought to provide for your family uh, and you ought to work. And when you're at work, you ought to give uh, 100% to your job as unto the Lord. Those are biblical principles. 
uh, you ought to work and, and provide. <clears throat> and if you aren't making enough, then you go make more uh, and you just do the best that you can to provide for your family, allowing God, of course, obviously the knowledge that God is giving you health and whatever uh, to do all that. You give him the glory. You're not self-made or whatever. It's not a sin to work a job. Um, uh, but uh, if, if working that job hinders you from serving the Lord, and you know it. The Bible says to him that knoweth the good and doeth not to him, it is sin. So at some point, uh, your faithfulness to work and, and, and your employment and whatever, uh, all right uh, and honors God, could possibly become a, a sin. But let's just say it's not a sin, but it's become a weight. And here's what I mean. Uh, it could be um, you've got this many years to retirement, so you can't serve the Lord. Uh, you've, got, you've got a, <clears throat> there's a corporate ladder, and you're trying to get to the next rung, uh, and, and you surrendering to the mission field uh, is not the right business choice for you to make right now. You follow me? So it's not necessarily a sin. You're not, you're not, your work's not necessarily an idol uh, to you, but it is a, it is a weight. And one, it, it might be a weight to somebody, uh, uh, but it might not be a weight to somebody else. Um, I can take law enforcement as an example. I've, I've worked with a lot of officers, people who are saved uh, officers. I've, I've counseled people who are unsaved officers. There are some, there are some Christians uh, that have uh, zero problem being police officers, but there are some that it's, it's, it's difficult. They struggle with what they see and, and, uh, and how they live their life or do they take that stuff home. So being a police officer to one person, uh, being, being a police officer to both is not sin. Uh, but you can be a police officer uh, and, uh, and take a job on vice and now you've got a huge problem. What do I do? How do I, whatever. Uh, and uh, you have to have those moral things. But it could be a weight to one or the other. You follow me? So if that weight keeps you from serving God and running your race and running that you may obtain, the Bible example is that you are to remove that weight. So it might mean you, if you're a police officer, saying, I cannot be a police officer anymore because it is, not, it is, it is hindering me from running that race. You cast it off. You set it aside. If it's a sin, yes. Obvious but it could be a weight. And some of the weights that we have um, are not sins. So, so maybe you might hear me articulate this in some way to you in the future when you come to me and say, Pastor, I'm praying about <coughs> taking such and such a job. And I might, I might ask you this question. Uh, is that going to help you? Is taking that job going to help you run your race? Or is it going to hinder you from running your race? And, and, uh, and so I might say, okay, which church are you going to go to? Well, I don't know. Then, then it might, you might be leaning towards the hindering side. If that's the furthest thing from your mind is where you're going to uh, be part of a local church body uh, and you've not thought that through but you've said yes to everything under the sun and you had no idea uh, as to where you're going to have your children go to Sunday school, um, uh, you've, you've gone about it the, entirely the wrong way. Now, you don't like to hear that, and I, don't even, and I like saying it even less. Uh, but the point is still there. Is that decision going to help you run your race, or is it not? Uh, and, uh, and you just, and you take, because here's one of the things that helps people when you're, you're an athlete uh, to stay on track and to stay focused. 
is a coach. Uh, and, uh, and I had, uh, I'm, I used basketball. I played, I was number 23, uh, and I uh, want to be Michael Jordan. And, and I'm short and fat and everything now. I, w- I used to be short and not fat. Uh, and, uh, and I could actually play basketball. I was pretty good at it, uh, actually. Uh, and, uh, and I had one coach. His name was Sonny Abrahamson. And Sonny Abrahamson, and I'm, I'm talking like fifth and sixth grade hoop club, he would cuss at us and swear at us, whatever. Our parents hated Sonny Abrahamson. We, there were practices. We never touched the ball. We just run, 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 run. Uh, practice after practice, I just run. Uh, we called them crunches uh, and, uh, and just run. Everybody hated Sonny Abrahamson's coach. But then in seventh and eighth grade, I had another one. I can't remember his name. Uh, and, uh, but he was like, all right, guys, just scrimmage, whatever. He didn't make us run, whatever. We loved him. Uh, but guess what? We had, we had more of a losing record when we had him as a coach than we did with Sonny. Sonny pushed us. Now, I'm not advocating cursing and all that kind of stuff, obviously, but my point is this. Sometimes you need a coach. Sometimes you need somebody uh, I, I remember seeing a video not too long ago. This guy was trying to get in shape, and, uh, and it was a video of, a, uh, of his personal trainer come running in uh, into the restaurant and, boom, slapped the fast food out of his hands and grabbed him. And he's like, the guy was like way bigger than him. He's like yelling, screaming at him, you know, whatever, uh, and, and, and just run him out of there and, and, and made him do, uh, I think he was doing burpees. Uh, how, how many of you know what a burpee is? I'm not going to show you uh, <coughs> if you don't know. You saw who raised their hands. But that's what you need. And, some, and sometimes, by the way, as your pastor, that's me. We'll just run in and slapping something out of your hand and saying, is that going to get you to where you want to be? Uh, and, uh, and, and the answer is no. But you need a coach sometimes to do that, to remind you. This message today is me coaching you. You're in a race, and you're not in race shape. You've let yourself go, uh, but you're in it, and you're supposed to be running to obtain, and you're supposed to strive lawfully, and all the analogy is there. And so what I hope that you understand is that, yes, I'm not in race shape, and I do want to run to please the Lord, and so this is a sin that I've got to set aside, uh, and then here's some weights that I also need to set aside, and some of those weights um, are benign. They're not sinful. Uh, and, and that's where you've got to do inventory. So if I was... Uh, uh, if I was coaching you, I'd run through some of those. Tell me about yourself. Tell me about, uh, what's your goal. Uh, you say, Pastor, my goal is to run the race so that I may obtain. All right, that's a great goal. Uh, and uh, so tell me a little bit about how you're running your race. What was the, you know, uh, the, okay, what are you eating? Okay, check, and we run it down and get all the information because at some point I'm going to compile it all together and point out what you're doing that is going to hinder you from success. Running the race that you may obtain is, you, should be your goal. Are you following me? That's your goal. And you say, yes, pastor, that's my goal. So then when your Sunday school teacher or your brother and sister in Christ comes by and somebody nudges you and say, hey, it uh, says, what are you doing? Uh, and you say, get off my back. I want to eat whatever I want. They can remind you and say, no, 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 no. That was running a race is your goal. That's your goal. Just trying to help you. Yeah, you're right. Thank you for trying to help me. And you might have a better spirit, uh, even your brothers and sister, your pastor, whoever, uh, in those moments. So ask yourself the question, am I in race shape? Uh, and and uh, if the answer is yes, pastor, I'm in race shape. Uh, I'm running that race. I've got no weights. I've got no sins. Uh, and, uh, and I am, uh, I mean, you are, uh, you are just humming. We are the champion in the back of your mind. Got this. I'm in it to win it. Praise the Lord. But I know this. 
<laughs> There's a whole lot more of us uh, in this room with, with two, two fists and bear claws. And, uh, you know, we got all the gear, got my, my sweat wicking gear on, and my fancy shoes, a King James Bible, and, and you're just like the entire way. And if that's your spirit, the, whole, the Holy Spirit of God will rebuke it and say, no, throw the bear claws down and get in the race. Get in shape. And, uh, and, uh, and if you have that spirit, I guarantee you God will bless us. Let's all stand <coughs> with our heads bowed.